And we are live. You are listening to the second episode of Who's Got Next. I'm your co-host, Nick Catlin. Alongside me is Christian Ainsworth. Christian, how are we doing today? Doing good. Staying busy. You know as well as I do that, you know, the college uh, the college grind never stops. So just, just hanging in there, buddy. What about you? Yeah, you know, a lot of the same. Uh, work's been going good. Arrowhead Live content's been buzzing right now with the season underway and it's it's been uh it's been fun but certainly busy I can certainly agree with that but getting into it week one opening Sunday for the Chiefs was a rocky start to say the least you know 21 points given up and you know we had talked about this defense and you know there are a lot of question marks but overall how did we feel about the game uh I don't want to overreact here because I know a lot of people did Um, concerning really, it it seems too harsh, right? It's just questionable. Like I I think that there are some question marks on the defensive end. I mean, we missed three of our best players at each level, Willie Gay, Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark. But um, overall, I think they got stops when they needed to. I, I think the defense played particularly well in the second half, um, although it they couldn't have played any worse than the first half. And the offense was just as spectacular as it has been, you know, prolific, like just one of the best offenses in the league. What about you? How do you feel about it? It was certainly a crazy game. You know, the Chiefs go down 15 to three, then they go down 22 to 10 in the beginning of the fourth quarter. And, you know, the Chiefs just find a way to do that. You really have to, when you want to go in and beat this team, especially in a packed arrowhead, you are going to have to show up and play a full four quarters. And we've known that coming into this game. And that's why it's so hard to pick against the Chiefs because of their ability to just finish games, come back. I mean, I believe Patrick Mahomes has 10 game winning draw or game win like winning games that are losing by double digits, like 10 games already in his career. That's pretty unheard of. And the Chiefs proved it yet again. It was a phenomenal performance. But Christian, you had three players that you were looking at In this game, I'll read them off to you. You had Nick Bolton. And how did we feel about how did we feel about his performance? Uh to keep it short, it was it was very up and down. There were some things that I really liked. Um, there was some stuffs at the line, there was some uh coverage on Kareem Hunt that I really, really liked. I mean, those are really good reps that he had. Uh, and then there were, you know, a few missed tackles and not really knowing his assignment and like I said, it was going to be a trial by fire. And I think he came out. Okay. I think he did really, really well for being a rookie in a Steve Spagnolo defense. Yeah. And we had a poll on airhead live at arrowhead live on Twitter. And yeah, I gave him, and I think a lot of chiefs kingdom gave him, I believe the most votes was to be a B grade for him. So I thought that was a fair assessment. I think you hit the nail on the head there with that comment. I mean, that's a very talented Browns team. I mean, you look at it, even without Odell, they have two really great running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick, Nick Chubb. I mean, two power backs, two very athletic guys and guys that have been up there at the top level of the league, Kareem and Nick Chubb, I believe have both led the league in rushing. If I'm correct in that. Um, 
So, yeah, I thought it was a very tough matchup, and he did a phenomenal job. Another player you had, Juan Thornhill, and, yeah, how do we feel about his performance in the secondary? So, I feel like it was a tale of two halves for, for Juan. The, the, that first half, he played really, really bad. There was a busted coverage that he had where he was nowhere near the ball. Um, and then he kind of – I felt like maybe he, that would make him lose confidence. Well, he came back in the second half and just played amazing. There, he had a uh, pass breakup where he looked exactly like Tyron Matthew swatting the ball away from Cortland Sutton in that snow game. Like, he really, really turned that game around. And, and for a guy who a lot of people believe is struggling with his confidence – and who don't really understand how he's going to be implemented um, as far as the free safety role. He came back and was, was very confident. I feel like he didn't let that first half deter him at all. He came back and, and was right where he picked off, picked, he picked back off the 2014, my goodness, the 2020 season that he had. Uh, Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, it certainly does. I remember that pass breakup. It was on a third down, and it was one of the biggest plays of the game because it brought got the Chiefs back the ball, I believe, to take the lead. So that was a huge play. And, yeah, no, it certainly cannot be understated. And then you also were looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who didn't necessarily have his most dominant performance, especially compared to week one against the Texans last year. So how would you feel about his performance in the run game? So... I really felt like he could have played a whole lot better. Um, as far as a first round draft pick, you, you can't be missing wide open lanes to the outside for, for 30 yard gains. You, you just can't be missing those. And it's unacceptable. I don't think that's who CEH is as a player. I, whenever I had him coming out of the draft, I had him essentially like a slower Le'Veon Bell, somebody with great hands that can sit patient behind the line of scrimmage and, and find a hole to run through and, and always get positive yards. He did not look like a Le'Veon Bell uh, this past Sunday, but I don't expect that trend to continue. I think that he'll bounce back against this Ravens uh, defensive line who, you know, has had, um, well, I guess they haven't had any of the injuries, but they, uh, you know, are, are not as good of a defensive line as the Cleveland Browns are. No, I think that's certainly true. And, that leads right into one of my players to watch. It was a starting right tackle, Lucas Niang, who that whole right side, if you remember with the first episode, we talked about in depth how those guys center in all the way to the right or those were their first career snaps. And, you know, they gave up two sacks partially due to Mahomes' ability to run, but two sacks is two sacks. And when you're going up against two former number one picks at the end and Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, for having three rookies out there. I thought the O-line played pretty well, maybe not so much in the run game, but in the pass game, I thought they were able to execute. And the defense as a whole, the whole mantra of the defense is pretty much for the Chiefs, and this has been historically true with Patrick Mahomes. Get them, get the other team under 30 points, and you're probably going to win the game. So it happened. Yeah. (laughs) So that's how I felt. Yeah, and, and Lucas Niang, I, I thought, I agree. I thought he had a really, really strong performance. Um, some might say he had a better performance than Orlando Brown Jr. That wouldn't be me. I wouldn't say that, but some people might. Uh, and who was your next player? Wasn't it Nicole Hardman? 
Yes, sir. And, you know, three catches for 19 yards, not his best performance for sure. But he's, I read a quote today from a lot of the Chiefs people that are watch and cover the team. Um, he basically said that, you know, if you're going to leave Kelsey open, if you're going to leave Tyreek Hill open, throw them the ball. I mean, that's what happened. Tyreek Hill had almost 200 yards, I believe, at 197 with that long 75-yard one. And Travis played lights out, had two touchdowns of his own with around 75. So, I mean, those guys played phenomenal and looked like the best receiving duo in the NFL once again. So, it, Miko, he's going to get his reps eventually, but this time it just wasn't the case. Yeah, so are you a believer in the uh... – there is no number two on the, on the chiefs. Are you into that conspiracy? I mean, like, I know a lot of people in chiefs kingdom are really worried about the uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey getting all of those targets. Are, are you a part of that crowd or, or do you believe anything different? I believe Miko is the number two wide receiver on this team. I think that's going to stay evident throughout this year. I mean, this one game, I mean, the Browns have a fantastic defense. You know, Denzel Ward back there as well, John Johnson, uh, decent linebackers. I mean, they have a very good defense. And I thought the Chiefs, you know, they gutted out a win like they always do. So I definitely think if – and it's just funny that the Chiefs, you know, you look at them, you know, you've got Clyde edwards Laird, Hill, Kelsey, and so many people are worried about wide receiver too. That problem is so crazy. Like, if that's the worst problem on this team – that just shows you how great this team is. Oh, yeah. And I, I know a lot of people have said uh, Mecole is not going to have a good year, me, me included. I don't think that he'll have any, anything crazy. But um, as far as the, you know, uh, the hate on Mecole for not performing this past game, if you're going to leave Tyreek open uh, enough to where he's getting 200 yards, I think that, you know, we should keep throwing him the ball. Let him go for four. Like, same thing with Tyreek – or uh, Travis, excuse me. Um, you know, if he's going to be open as much as he was, and it wasn't he was forcing completions to him or, or you know, he was having drop issues or anything like that, give him the ball as much as you can. He, he's one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history. I don't think there's a reason why we should limit how many attempts we're going to give him. No, I completely agree. And, you know, along with that, you know, Clyde Edwards-Lair running back, I mean, he's not going to get wide receiver touches. Well, he is going to catch the ball. But, I mean, he needs his running touches too. So just so many mouths need to be fed on this offense, and that's pretty much what you hit on. My last guy was Mike Hughes. You know, like you said, I think a lot of the secondary and just overall defense played a lot better in the second half. He, of course, had the game-winning or game ceiling interception with about a minute 20 left in the game. So overall, I mean, the Chiefs, even the new pieces look like they can really mature into a solid defense this year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in keeping with that, Mike Hughes this offseason, he was the big offseason addition. Uh, I believe we traded a seventh round pick for him, and he was one of the top corners taken in his draft class. He's really, I mean, I've said this a million times. Go if you listen to my other podcast, not just another sports podcast. I talked about this as well. It was such an up and down game for the defense and and everybody on the defense. But Mike Hughes definitely fits into that category. He he was very up, very down, and then right back up at the end of that game with that game ceiling interception. 
Like, I don't, I don't know what else you could have asked of a recently traded player to come in here except for, you know, sealing one of the most important games of the season. Yeah, and I thought he made a great play. I was really surprised Baker threw the ball. I figured he was just going to sail it over their heads out of bounds. I was very shocked he even threw the football in that direction. But, you know, he made a great play right over a wide receiver and, yeah, really sealed his uh, Chiefs debut in that regard. But I've got to ask you, Christian, who's got next for the Chiefs this week in week three – week two, excuse me? So. I want to say Meikle, and and I know I mentioned this earlier. I didn't think he was going to have that great of a season this year, but I think that with all of the all of the cornerback injuries and and such a shallow cornerback room for the Ravens, I really think he's going to have a game. I think that if he has a game, this is going to be it. We're going up against an AFC rival. <clears throat> they have key injuries in the position. I'll just go out and and say some of the names here: Derek Wolf. Uh, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey was even questionable coming into the, or I guess today still is questionable to, to make the uh, on-field, to make it on-field for the Ravens this weekend. Um, I mean, if you're going up against the fourth or fifth cornerback in an already depleted cornerback room, you have to make plays. And, and I think that McColl will do that. I think that, you know, with all this Twitter, Twitter nonsense that's going on and, and people calling him out saying that, you know, he's not that good or we should have taken Terry. Um, you know, I think that that will chill out. I think Andy Reed will see that. I think that he's, he's really good about telling um, or being able to tell which players need, you know, plays when they need them. And I think that it'll keep his head high. I think he'll come out of this game with maybe 150 yards and a touchdown. I think that he'll have a, a really big game. You know, Christian, I was asking more for, you know, did you just say Baltimore Ravens? But I love the Miko Hardman love. I love the El Avion respect. I think you uh, hit the nail on the coffin um, or nail on the head again with that one. I don't know why I keep saying it, but, you know, Marcus Peters is out. Jimmy Smith is out. And along with that, the Raiders were just or the Raiders just played them to an overtime victory in one of the craziest football games I've ever seen. These two teams are coming off of crazy highs and crazy lows. I mean, the Ravens, they even got a chance to get the ball back at the end when they were all shaking hands. Did you watch that game, Christian? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I cut out for a second. Um, oh, yeah, dude, I was watching that game. Me and me and my roommates had it on the big flat screen in the living room. And, uh, Dude, we were going crazy. I mean, at one point I was like, oh, the game's over. And then, oh, we're right back in it. Okay, well, then they throw an interception. It's like there was so much back and forth. And for a team, you know, the the Ravens that had Super Bowl potential this year, I don't think that they envisioned going toe-to-toe with the Oakland Raiders and and coming out on the bottom. Like, I don't, I don't think that was in the forecast for their season. So I think that you know, this upcoming game, I don't think it'll necessarily be a tough one, but I don't know. I, I could really just see the Chiefs just steamrolling over this team and, and it being over with maybe in the first quarter. Wow. And, you know, you look at you look at that team very depleted in the secondary. And one thing I did see from Marlon Humphrey last week, I didn't think he had a horrible game against Derek Carr. I thought Derek Carr played phenomenally well. 
And the Raiders are kind of treading upwards, whether people believe it or not. That's probably one of the biggest wins for John Gruden in that era for the Raiders in Las Vegas, especially with that pack crowd. It was just a wild game, wild finish. Derek Carr, the guy got stopped on the half. They turn it over when he threw it off his off the helmet. It was just a crazy game. Lamar fumbled, too. It was just a wild game. But when you look at this Ravens team, you see all the injuries. J.K. Dobbins at running back, Gus Edwards as well, Ronnie Stanley for on the line, he's hurt. I mean, you're looking at it, and this team just can't catch a break when it comes to injuries, and the Chiefs are relatively healthy. I mean, even though they had some guys out last week, those guys are probably going to play this week. So is maybe Willie Gay is not, but well, Willie Gay was on IR, I guess, so he won't play. And but no, their Chiefs are a lot healthier, and I think that they could run away. Maybe not in the first quarter, but toward the second and third, you could certainly see them starting to pull away. So, what do you think the keys to success for the Chiefs are this week? Do you, do you think it all lines up on the defense? Do you think you know our wide receiver two has to have a really big game? Are, are there any things that, or is there anything that you really think needs to happen for us to win this game? One thing I think the Chiefs are going to be able to do a lot better than they normally do against a team like the Ravens is control time of possession. They don't have JK Dobbins anymore. They don't have, they don't have Edwards. They don't have these guys that they had before. So when it comes to running backs, they're going to need to rely heavily on Latavius Murray and Lamar Jackson. And I don't think when Lamar's running, even though he does give them a chance to win, I don't think and this is where a lot of people get the disdain when I talk about Lamar Jackson. If I'm a GM or somebody in the front office, I am not looking at Lamar Jackson and being like, yo, yeah, that's a franchise player or that's my franchise quarterback because I don't see him being able to do the things that he is doing currently over eight years, over 10 years, like, like Russell Wilson is Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, those kind of guys because of his play style. And I think, you know, it causes him to fumble. He fumbled in overtime and lost them the game when they had a chance to take the lead and actually just win the game because it was first score wins at that point. So I just think they're going to ask too much out of Lamar. That's one thing that I think time of possession is going to be in the Chiefs' favor because I think they're going to be able to run the ball with Clyde. Yeah, and, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, that, that's one of the main things I think we need to look at as well. Um, the defensive line, I think, really needs to contain Lamar. You, you outlined it perfectly. They are going to ask a lot of him in this game, um, just like they did against the Raiders. I mean, they're, they're going to run him as much as they can. They're going to have him throw the ball uh, when opportunistic or when uh, it's advantageous for them to do so. I think that those defensive ends, I think they need to contain him. They need to keep him in the pocket and, and force him to throw. If they can force him to throw, we can beat him. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, at least for me, um, or on the offensive side of the ball, excuse me, <clears throat> I believe that CEH has to have a really big game. I think that he needs to come out. I think that he needs to be dominant. I think he'll have a bounce back game. Like I said, I don't think that he's what he was against the Browns. I think that he'll come out, he'll play very, very well, control the clock. Um, and, and I think the Chiefs will win. I think that if they can do those two things, it'll be a good ball game for us and it'll come out how we want it to. One thing I think on the defensive side, that's really interesting to look at. Um, you know, the Ravens do have a decent receiving core. It's not nearly what the chiefs have, 
but it's pretty solid. They obviously have chief former chiefs wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, who could have a big game. Marquise Brown as well. He's a speedy guy and Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in football. So the chief secondary is going to have to work if they do decide to pass, which I believe they probably will. And Lamar's going to be doing a lot of rollouts and things like that, moving on his feet. So I think the D line is going to have to perform, but that secondary does need to show up as well. And they will have Tyron Matthew back. So there's that, that should help a little bit, especially since we got cooked by Anthony Schwartz so much. And, and that's something I've also outlined. It's the speed. Speed is something that our cornerbacks really struggle with. And thankfully Tyron Matthew is, is such like, he's just so good in the secondary that he can kind of adjust to make it where that we don't have to deal with that speed as much. Uh, Hollywood Brown has the Tyreek Hill comp. So he, you know, he's going to be fast. He is played fairly well in the past two seasons. I think that he will come out and they're going to try to hit a few ones deep. And I think we got to adjust and be ready for that. Yeah. And so I you think have a, that's correct. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> I was just going to ask if you had a score prediction, if you had a, what do you think this game is going to turn out to be? Well, I did my score prediction for the website as well, which you can check that at arrowheadlive.com and I'm sticking with it. 28, 20. I wish I could go higher with this, but NFL games are just always are so close. I feel like they might get a garbage time touchdown for the Ravens maybe, but I have it 28, 20. I think the chiefs handle business. They get it done and they're looking at two and zero in the division. So I don't have the Chiefs losing either. Go figure. It's a Chiefs podcast. Um, so I have the Chiefs winning 38 to 21. And, and I know that that might seem outlandish, but I mean, the Chiefs are very, very capable of scoring 40 points. We've seen that year after year. It's, it's commonplace. And I think that defense comes back out this week against the depleted Ravens offense and goes, you know what? We're not as bad as we were last week. We were missing Frank Clark. We were missing Tyron Matthew you know, two of the biggest leaders on the defense. And, and I think they come out and they, they show up. I think there'll be a few garbage time touchdowns. And, but I think the Chiefs really just blow this game out of the water and we're starting Chad Henney in the fourth. At least that's what I'm hoping for. So, Chad Henney is coming into the game. You heard it here first on who's got next. And Christian, do you have anything you want to add, player to look out for, anything like that before we wrap things up? Well, besides McCole Hardman, um, yes. who I've outlined, I think he'll have a very, very big game. Um, and CEH as well, who I've said will probably have a bounce back game. I would look at Charvarius Ward. I think that he comes out. I think he, he had a very bad game on Sunday as well. I think that there's going to be a lot of bounce back players. And I think Charvarius is one of those guys who's, you know, been a reliable corner in the NFL for, you know, his tenure with the Chiefs. Um, I think that he comes out. I think he plays lights out. I, I just, it's, it's hard to say, especially because, you know, the Ravens has, have lost so many players. This is going to be a very easy uh, matchup for him going against the third and fourth wide receiver. I think that they, I think that he just lights it up. I think he does a really, really good job, bounces back and we got everybody. What about you? Players to look out for for me, I'm picking Juan Thornhill being able to be matched up with Tyron again back there in the secondary. I think he could play a lot better. I'm just interested more to see the communication and how they how they cover and things like that. And 
just kind of just seeing like body language out there. Obviously, I won't be able to hear them, but just seeing how they're communicating and stuff, because those are two very good safeties, I believe. And you feel the same way. My player on offense, Travis Kelsey, I think that he has potential to really light it up. He always does. You know, I think that over the last, you know, quite literally six or seven years, he's been the workhorse in this offense, similar to how a a running back would be in a lot of successful teams. And I see him keeping his consistent about 100 yards, maybe a touchdown or two. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's a Sunday night game, so it's prime time. You know, finally, our Chiefs are starting to get the love that they we know they deserve. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just I'm just super excited. I can't wait for Patrick Mahomes to light it up on national television and prove to everybody that he's still the best quarterback in the league. I think that is a, a very tough debate trying to debate against. I feel like the only one you can really debate is probably Aaron Rodgers right now. But even they really struggled in their first week. And Mahomes really has outshined everyone since he started in 2018. But. That will wrap things up for who's got next. You can catch us probably releasing next Thursday. Be checking Arrowhead live, put the notifications on for those. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and go chiefs. See you later guys.